frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. For those watching at home, this is no play or movie. This is real. The story of the century. Will the world be destroyed by a two million year old monster? Konnichiwa, and welcome to Film Church Radio. This is the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Lewis. And I'm Brandon. And we are here to talk about movies. Each week, Brandon and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss. Um, Today, I picked the film from 1954, Godzilla, starring Takashi Shimura, Akira Takarad, and Momoko Kochi, directed by Ishiro Honda. Um, I picked this film. I feel like it's a film that everybody knows. It's become kind of part of film history, really. I mean, Godzilla's got his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, and this does he really? I didn't know that. He does. Yeah, I know that was something I found out <laughs> during this whole thing. So, um, yeah, so he's got his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, it's obviously from 1954, a classic of monster movies in Japanese cinema. Um, it was released the same year as Seven Samurai, which we discussed in episode 13. Um, and like I said, I picked this movie because I'd never seen it, and I feel like it's a classic that everyone has heard of. Um, spawning a whole franchise of movies, numerous remakes and mashups um, really make it a staple of cinema history. I was expecting an enjoyable, corny disaster movie, but was pleasantly surprised at the nuance and highly personal story to the people of Japan Japan that this story tells. Um, A film that is not about a monster destroying a city as much as it's about countries' response to losing a war and the horrors they saw during it. Um, I can't wait to talk to Brandon about it. And if you want to hear what Brandon has chosen for us to watch for next week, stay tuned until the end of the show. Um, but before we talk about the films we've been watching this week, I would like to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast, um, who's been rating, reviewing, um, sending us any kind of um, love to the show. It means a lot. Um, this is a congregation. We love having everybody take part and watch the films along with us. It's why we're doing it. Um, so make sure to subscribe um, and hit the bell to be notified when a new episode is available Um, we do post episodes on a Sunday surprise surprise being a film church Um, and if you really really like the show please share it with your friends Um, we are everywhere on social media at film church radio Um, you can leave us a comment send a message about the show Um, we also we post loads of stuff on the YouTube stuff as well so you can go and check that out Um, and we'd love for you to rate and review it helps people find it Helps it go up on the rankings of Apple Podcasts, any rating or review. So um, if you have a minute or two, we'd love it if you did it. Um, Before we talk about Godzilla from 1954, um, Brandon and I are going to talk about the films that we've been watching this week, apart from Godzilla. Uh, So Brandon, what have you been watching? So I have not been watching much. I've had kind of a busy week, but after watching Godzilla 1954... I decided to watch Godzilla 2014 uh, because I had never seen it. It kind of passed me by when that came out almost 10 years ago, if you can believe it. 
I mean, not almost 10, it's eight years. Still got a couple of years to go until it's 10 years, but. But still, yeah. It's still been a minute. And yeah, and I mean, there's this whole thing with the the new, I mean, they kind of tried to reboot the franchise, I guess. You know, they did Godzilla and then Godzilla Kings and Monsters, I think it's called, and then Godzilla versus Kong, um, which I haven't seen all of those. No, me neither. So, you know, I'll I'll probably get into Godzilla 2014 a little bit more once we start talking about the movie. I don't want to talk about it too much. Maybe I'll talk about it at the end or something. But, yeah. I mean, Brian Cranston's in it, which is... Nice. The best. Yeah. He's so good. And I think that was like right, like one of the first things he did after Breaking Bad ended. Um, yeah. And I remember seeing all the trailers and stuff for it and thinking, oh, this looks really good, but I just didn't get a chance to go see it. And it's one of those movies that like, if you don't go see it when it's out in the cinema, it's going to be hard to watch it later. Yeah. Or find it or, you know. It's just one of those movies you want to watch in a movie theater. And yeah. if you can't, it's like you, the hype is gone. Yeah, I get you know? it. Yeah, because when I saw that you had watched it, I kind of clicked on it just to have a look through and remind myself. And apparently I have watched it. I've like I've got oh. it on Letterboxd as watched, um, okay. but not rated. So I assume I watched it before my Letterboxd account, which is yeah. a few years old at this point. Um, I can't remember it. I don't really. I, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Um, yeah, but when I saw that it is like it was watched, I was like, like a vague memory came back. I was like, oh, maybe I did see it. You know, I must have done. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but directed by Gareth Edwards, right? Yeah, Gareth Edwards. Yeah, I was yeah. a little surprised. I mean, I think I I had known that at some point, but yeah, he did. I guess that was his first big movie after mm. he did his kind of indie film, and then he got picked up to do Rogue One. Yeah, one of a couple the best of years later. Star Wars films. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, a nice comparison and hopefully we can kind of get onto that a bit when we've gone through yeah. the movie. And in, I mean other than that, um I have been catching up. I I know I'm kind of behind on this, but I've been catching up on Nathan for you. <gasps> On Hulu. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's so good. It's one of those shows you can just kind of put on whenever. And um, like my my roommates haven't seen it. So it's been fun to just like throw it on yeah. and like get them into it because it's just so ridiculous and funny. Yeah, I mean, um, like, I know I, you're a fan of the show. I adore Nathan for you. My wife hates yeah. it. Really? She doesn't. She thinks that it's like, she's, it's not funny. He's manipulative. He's weird. Mm. And I was like, but that's the point. Like the point is that these people do it. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the joke is that Yeah. You know, that these people are among us. <laughs> are you watching the um rehearsal? The new I, I watched show? the first episode, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was yeah. like it was it was a little more I I mean it's it's very Nathan. Mm-hmm. But it's it was felt a little more um mature i guess in some ways because it feels more thought out in terms of okay how can i turn what it is i'm good at into something that is a little more beneficial to people yeah you know i mean it's a good premise but like with the nathan for you stuff it's always dialed up to 11 
Like yeah. if you said to someone, oh, if you're having a difficult conversation, would it help if you like rehearsed it? And you'd be like, yeah. But then he like builds a replica of the bar yeah. and like has an actress basically like, you know, go through every emotion that's possible to prepare him for it. It's yeah. just, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, you know, in that first episode, it did kind of help that guy out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just as a viewer, it's also kind of telling, I think. Yeah. Or edu- or I don't know if it's educational or beneficial in some way to be like, you know, you can kind of see yourself in that person that's like so nervous to confess yeah. something or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. But if you, if people haven't seen it, Nathan Fielder is, I guess he's a comedian. I mean, he's this yeah. TV personality that is really good at just like this deadpan kind of comedy and the stuff he does is is hilarious his both his shows i think are on hbo mm-hmm. and um yeah check him out if you have a chance so he's actually gonna do like a comedy series with the safety brothers um and emma stone interesting yeah like so a drama or like I, a I think reality so. yeah like okay. a drama comedy where they i think they're having the house redone by a um by like a home makeover show but they're on like an ancient Indian burial ground or something, uh-huh. so things start to go weird. <laughs> but like, I'm just like anything he That's does. That's an I'm interesting in. combination. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, mean, I listened to an interview with him on the A24 podcast, and he was talking with one of the actresses from Euphoria, <laughs> and it yeah. was a really interesting conversation. I love to um, find that. I love Euphoria. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched Euphoria yet, so I just listened it listened to it for him. But um, yeah. But yeah, it was a good interview. And have you ever seen um, Finding Francis, which is the feature-length, like final episode of Nathan for you? No. Is it is it on um, the show? Yeah. So like, it's like yeah, it's like the, the last episode, but it's I think it's nearly two hours. Okay. Um, well, I'll get to it at some point because I'm going through the show it right now. Is one of the? I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's not just like funny. It's I don't know how to describe. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good cool uh, i can't wait to watch it and we yeah. can talk about it yeah yeah it's good it's good i'm so cool. glad you're watching it because i told um a really good friend of mine because i was like it's just i feel like it's up history in terms of humor um, yeah i mean the first episode he you know tells well suggests to an ice cream shop to sell poop flavored ice cream and they go for <laughs> yeah. it yeah it's just it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> Uh, it was, I was also, I mean, I, apparently I listened to a lot of interviews, uh, listening to an interview with <laughs> Judd Apatow <laughs> and he was talking about Nathan and how great he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he's becoming more well-known. I mean, that's good. Sure. Uh, I mean, you can tell from the rehearsal, just the, the size of the budget they've given him. Oh yeah. For these shows, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. which is great. Cause it's, yeah. it's great TV. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it for me, man. What you've been watching? Sweet. Um, so the trailer for um, the Netflix Blonde about Marilyn Monroe came out recently. Yes. Um, starring Anna Diarmas. And um, I used to really like Marilyn. I watched a lot of her films when I was younger, like first getting into like film and stuff around the same time as Bogart and stuff. Yeah. Um, so there was a few in there that I hadn't been back to for a few years. So... With the Criterion Channel, they were doing like a noir in color, and one of those films was Niag- Niagara, 
from okay. uh, 1953 um set against niagara falls um and she just she plays against type it's like an early marilyn film you know she's kind of she's incredibly beautiful but she's not been typecast as like the ditzy blonde ah so she plays yeah. a bit more of a femme fatale and um joseph cotton who is really a really great character actor from that time is like her husband um who's kind of a little bit crazy um, yeah and it's just a really fun fun film um she does really well one of the characters in it um is and i hate to say this kind of stuff because you know he's probably just doing his job um yeah but there's a guy called max showalter showalter um and i hated him <laughs> and I feel as an awful. actor or a character um, i mean maybe both I don't yeah. know. He just he didn't seem great, and his character was like, I don't know if do you know, in like the fifties when people used to laugh like hup, 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 like that, like proper like <laughs> just like kind of Three Stooges ish. Yeah, he just yeah. embodies that kind of jackassery. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I just like every time he's on screen, I was like, oh, go away. Just so like non genuine kind of yeah, acting. just awful yeah. and like yeah, he was just I don't know. It was so frustrating um and i knew that she had like this isn't really a spoiler but she had like a lover in the film and i was like if it's him i'm gonna turn this off because <laughs> that is so unbelievable and it wasn't thank god that's good yeah so um, you got to finish the movie i did yeah um <laughs> a, a good little noir with like marilyn looking incredible so yeah uh, can't go wrong and then i watched drunken angel from 1948 a kurosawa film um again that's on criterion channel that has been on my watch list um starring mifune and um takashi shimura as well um it's kind of it's not one of his period pieces it's more up to date Um mifune plays like a gangster who has got mm -hmm. um tuberculosis um so he's kind of the and shimura is the doctor that's kind of telling him you know you've got to stop drinking and partying you've got to calm down um, and there's all this other stuff going on as well. Um, and it was really fun. You know, really good performances. And Kurosawa is, a, you know, a safe bet. Um, it was a lot of fun. And that was, yeah, four out of five I gave it. Nice. Um, is Kurosawa going to be your most watched director at the end of the year? I, th I mean, him and Hitchcock are both on nine for the year, I think. So it just nice. depends who's going to pip the other person at the post. I mean, it's going to yep. be Hitchcock. He always wins. He's always taking the pile. So <laughs> yeah. I say it like it's going to be a competition. But but I am watching a lot of Kurosawa films this year. Yeah. Um, all started because of Seven Samurai. So Go Thanks back and check that. out that episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bit of self-promotion. Um, <laughs> and then because we watched um, Deadline USA last week, I watched Casablanca. Nice. Yeah. Classic. I don't know what to say about it. it hasn't already been said. I love Peter Laurie. He's in it for like three minutes. Um, and then gets bumped off. But yeah, I mean, Bogart's great. Bergman's great. Yeah. Everybody's great. Classic. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, man. That's a good one. Yeah. It's always uh, it's always nice going back to those films that you've seen a few times. And Yeah. I only watched of... it the first time, you know, not that long ago. It was probably maybe three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I actually saw it at Alamo. 
Oh wow! In the theater for the first time, That's and awesome. it was it was great. It was yeah. like, oh, this is what all the hype is about. It al- it surprised me the first time how many times he says, "Here's looking at you, kid." Uh huh. I assumed it would be like a one and done, and people would be like, "That's really cool," but it's like yeah. he says it all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was a little like, oh, okay. So they did they know this was going to be a popular line or <laughs> right? Yeah, um, that is interesting. Yeah, Casablanca is great. Saying Lewis to the preaching to the choir. Yeah, everybody knows. Him. <laughs> yeah, if you're um, listening to to this podcast, you know yeah. Casablanca is good. And if you haven't seen Casablanca, you should. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take our word for it. Go see it. Yeah, I mean everybody <laughs> literally says it's great. So. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, but that was it. I mean, apart from that, the only other film we've been watching is going to be our feature presentation of the episode. Um, it's going to be Godzilla from 1954. Um, the IMDb summary is American nuclear weapons testing results in the creation of a seemingly unstoppable dinosaur-like beast. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. So, um, as I said when we started the show... Um, I picked this because I thought it would be a fun, kind of campy disaster movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was anything that I envisioned it would be. Yeah. Um, throughout the whole thing. I know we're going to touch on a lot of like um, why that is throughout the episode. But I mean, when the credits were rolled, well, when it ended, I kind of sat there for a second and I was like, Godzilla didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's kind of like he is like the culmination of it, but it's not about him. Yeah, it's I don't know. It tackles so many subjects in such a good way. So, yeah. I mean, what were your initial thoughts when the film ended? Um, yeah, I think I was kind of in the same boat with you, where I was like, "This it wasn't really what I expected." I I did expect it to be a lot cheesier because you know. I mean, we were born in the early 90s and, you know, a lot later than this film came out. And uh, this is the first time we've seen this film. Yeah. You know, we've seen the newer Godzilla movies more times than the older ones. You know, all the the yeah. 2000s and on remakes. Um, But, it, like, the relation I have with older Godzilla is mostly, like, parody stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like comedy sketches where they're like making fun of Godzilla um like the thing that comes to my mind is like that Dave Chappelle did like a bit in the Chappelle show where he's like fist fighting Godzilla <laughs> he's like a giant and he's like they they you know made this miniature set and he's like fist fighting him or whatever so i expected it to be kind of on that level of cheesiness of like yeah. oh this is obviously a guy in a costume and i mean it it is a guy in a costume but i think the well first of all like japanese cinematography from this era i don't know if there's anything better it's like so amazing to me i mean same year as you said seven samurai came out which is also black and white and it's just beautiful like i don't know how else to describe it the the lighting and cinematography done in black and white in this era it just looks stunning to me. 
And so the scenes with Godzilla where it should be kind of cheesy kind of like have this beautiful look to it. Yeah. You know, Um, it's just something about the way the contrast is working, the way the light is like shining behind him. And, you know, it's it's not scary like it probably was back in 1954 by any means, but it still looks cool. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, that was kind of my initial thought and, and yeah, it's not really about Godzilla, like you said, but it's also <laughs> watching it for the first time, you get, reminded me of the, the feeling of like, just wanting to see Godzilla, yeah. you know, even watching like the newer versions, it's like, well, whatever like human story is going on i don't really care about just get to the part where godzilla is wreaking havoc you know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that was kind of my initial initial thoughts i did watch rewatch most of it again today before the the episode and tried to follow the story a little bit more mm-hmm. of the characters um but it was a little bit hard to follow for me, kind of. Um, I was trying to figure out, I mean, you've got like the, the scientist character. Well, there's a couple of scientists, I guess. There's like the, the Takashi character, Mm -hmm. um, who was in Seven Samurai and he just wants to study Godzilla. Yeah. And then you have the other doctor that created, Yeah, the eye patch guy <laughs> that's created um, this oxygen destroyer machine, yeah. um, and then there's the Takashi's his like daughter. Is, I don't know if she was like there was like a love triangle. I think that's what they were kind of hinting at. Okay, yeah. that's what I kind of figured, but it never was like. Constantly. I don't know. Not I didn't co- need that's it. The wrong word. <laughs> yeah, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> you say love triangle, I say consummated. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I mean, I don't need to be spoon fed the story, and like no. that, like the human story is kind of to me is secondary, and in, in like a monster movie, I just want to see the monster. But um, yeah, I, I I was having a little trouble following it. Yeah, there was like also, when I was really trying to pay attention, you know. Yeah, there was also the shaved head kid. Um, I can't, I don't know his name. That seems to be with like the villagers, and then he mm-hmm. seems to be living with the doctor and his daughter at one point, which I wasn't quite sure if he was like the doctor's son or whether like they adopted him because his family died or yeah, you know, there was a few kind of like little bits here and there. Um, but yeah, coming, you know. Talking about the monster and um, his like appearance, I guess on the screen. Um, the opening credits, I think, set it up incredibly well. If we're going mm-hmm. from the beginning, um, it's you know it's the is the great black and white, just kind of coming up with the names of who was involved. But over the top of it, you get like the roars right. of Godzilla. Yeah, and then it kind of, which I was like, okay, that sounds really good. You know, this is. Already it sounds very, very similar to Jurassic Park from 93, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is like, it's very close already. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. But which I was is expect- one of the big things that made that movie work too, you know? Exactly. I was expecting it to be a bit more, not as kind of based on horror, I guess, as right. it is, you know? Which kind of leading off you saying, expecting it to be a little cheesy and, you know, that's what we kind of used to. Um, and then it kind of, I don't know, dissolves into like this, you know, race against time music. I don't know how else to describe it. It's kind of, you know, like... Oh God, what's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know where this is going. Um, and like all great, you know, we talked about Jaws a few weeks ago, like all great monster movies, you have to wait to see him. You know, yeah. it kind of, it builds this tension up. Um, boats explode randomly at the beginning and then a town's destroyed and you kind of see a leg, but yeah, not quite sure. And then some footprints. Um, yeah, you get the whole footprint scene, which, yeah, you know, I... Probably the most Godzilla movie that I've watched is the one with Matthew Broderick, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. has the big footprint scene too before you see it, right? Yeah. Where they're like digging and testing and stuff. And Isn't it, he it, a worm expert? That sounds familiar. I haven't watched that movie in yeah. a long time, but that I was, sounds right. I was kind of having a look through for a recording. I kind of looked through some photos and I don't know, there was one photo with his like hat backwards or something. And I was like... Yeah, hasn't he got something to do with worms? Like, it just came to me. I don't know whether, yeah. even as a kid, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> it does sound familiar. Yeah. They probably tried to tie it in somehow. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there is that big, like, footprint. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. The whole so poster's I... around the foot. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciated that, you know, that tie in. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to watch this from an angle of not knowing Godzilla. Yeah. You know, yeah, you kind of, I feel like you kind of have to look at it as like, like if you've seen King Kong, like the 1933 King Kong, this is like Japan doing Kong. their version of that. Yeah. You know, um, which is great because it's not, they didn't, they didn't like copy King Kong and no. do a Japanese version Version. of it Mm -hmm. they did they're like let's make a monster movie based in japan um with a whole new monster a whole new lore Mm -hmm. and everything um there's some stop motion in the movie it looks like but most of it is like a guy in a costume as opposed to like king kong was all stop Stop motion, motion right yeah um yeah which was which was great so it's like you have to kind of look at it as yeah not it's which is hard to do not think about everything that yeah. comes after and think about the time and the place that it's coming out of and think about watching this movie in a cinema yeah that that was the the other thing that I was thinking watch rewatching this once it got towards the end um <clears throat> after king kong has i mean not kong but godzilla has, turn into me. <laughs> I know. Like after he's destroyed the city and they're they're doing like this whole I'm kind of jumping ahead in the story here, but they're doing the whole medical scene. Mm-hmm. It's it to me it was kind of moving a little bit. And There's a lot like, in this film that I wasn't prepared to be as moved as I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I feel like this just deserves to be watched on the big screen. Yeah. I I 100% agree. I think you know, and like we said, we we used to seeing you know people in 
terrible suits knocking over like you know cardboard boxes to resemble buildings um but it, it i don't know where that i don't know whether the the later godzilla films are a little bit more like this but for me i thought that the the destruction scenes were done really really well yeah you know he is the atomic breath stuff looks a bit cheesy yeah and um and he, you know, you can tell it's kind of a suit. He never blinks, and he just <laughs> moves a bit woodenly. Um, yeah, but I but think it it still works. Yeah, it's know? like photographed really well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the lighting, like the even though you can tell it's uh, fake, you know, yeah. it's a set, it's whatever, but it's done in a interesting way. You mm-hmm. know, it's like how. Whoever the cinematographer was on this film, it was like, "How can we make this still look beautiful?" Which yeah. is great, you know. Yeah, exactly, and I think that the the choice to not focus on like the army mm-hmm. was a really good decision, you know, because yeah. we see them kind of rolling in, and we see like the fighter jets coming in to try and take him out and stuff like that. Um, but it's never, it's not the focus. It's not like, yeah. you know, oh, let's we've got a character who's a soldier on the ground who's trying to take this like guy out you know it's it's just he is unstoppable you know there's yeah. it, it doesn't really matter they're not going to take him out yeah um so yeah i i feel like the the coast guard stuff the army stuff like at the beginning of the film it says made with the support of the Japan coast guard right yeah um and there there are a lot of kind of like money shots of of the Coast Guard and of tanks and stuff like that. Of course, actually, the tanks, I don't know if those were just miniatures or not, but there are there are shots of, like, aircraft carriers and mm-hmm. stuff like that out in the ocean, and which are real. Yeah. And do, do kind of, like, give a sense of scale yeah. for the film. Like, you can tell this was, like, a, for 1954, was a big budget, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean... I assume, like, I don't know the behind the scenes on this film, but I assume, like, the whole country was kind of a part of the whole film process, whether it be, like, directly or, you know, just Mm. talking about it word of mouth and, like, you know, the whole country knowing about this film that they're making that, and, and then you know, for it to go on and, and be as successful as it is, I'm sure that was a big deal for for them, you know? Yeah. I mean, the so basically the history of this film, um, to people, anyone that's, you know, familiar with Godzilla that's seen it before, this won't come as a surprise, but um, obviously Japan um, lost the war, you know, and part of them losing the war w- was that they were, um, they were bombed pretty heavily, um, including the A-bomb um, that mm. took out, you know, large parts of, um, cities and stuff like that. Um, and when they kind of surrendered, the American forces took control until the early 50s. Um, and it, with that, it meant that um, they couldn't, that the Japanese couldn't produce any propaganda relating to the war. So any uh-huh. films about the war or about any her- heroics during it weren't allowed because American occupation. Um, but when they left, that left the door open for people to make films about or any kind, you know, talk about it again, I guess. Um, 
and the director, um, Ishiro Honda, had actually been in the war, had seen all this kind of stuff firsthand and was like, you know, I'm going to make a film about the horrors of it because it, it destroyed so many lives and, you know, it was such a such a huge disaster for the Japanese people. Yeah. Um, which another thing I found out while just like re- doing a little bit of reading on it was that there was a bomb that nearly blew him up that didn't detonate and he kept it with him his whole life. It was like on his coffee table. Wow. Just to remind himself that like he could have died. Wow. Um, which is pretty That's insane. Nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can see where he's coming from. And then in 50, early 54, I think, or maybe 53, um, a Japanese shipping boat went out to kind of get fish. Um, and the Americans detonated the H-bomb, um, which was like 44 times more powerful than they expected. And the radius went a lot, lot longer. Um, and the people on the Japanese people on this boat were exposed to radiation. And there was huge worry that the fish in like the, um, in the surrounding seas would be tainted, not being able yeah. to use, um, which didn't do a lot for Japanese American relations. Um, yeah. But this is kind of where all this is born from. Yeah. You know, the H bomb awoke Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and just to wreak even more havoc on Japan. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of puts a whole new meaning to this movie. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, cause like, like we said, I wasn't expecting it to be as nuanced as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I knew it was, I knew in some parts it was kind of in response to, you know, the war and the horrors that people had seen and stuff. But, um, yeah, but to be like, a a personal story for someone. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's why I said that God's it's not really about Godzilla. To me, Godzilla is the allied forces. Yeah. They come to the city, destroy it, and then just disappear back into the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like kind of warning really. Yeah. And there's no way to stop it apart from resorting to warfare again. Yeah. Which Nobody really, I mean, some people are like, let's kill it. Other people are like, hey, no, we need to like study it, you know, and yeah. learn from it. Yeah. Even more representative of Allied Forces probably in some of the later movies where he's mm-hmm. like fighting other monsters. Yeah. And they, they need him to fight the other monsters. Yeah. yeah. He probably kind of, because like I said, I haven't seen any of the, later ones but i assume that he starts to become japan as opposed to just you know destroying it he starts to embody the countries protecting it a bit more but that could be completely right i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know either i mean the the new movie the 2014 movie is uh kind of like that but it's not based in japan it's yeah i mean it starts in japan but then it like the rest of the movie is in American territory mm-hmm. and uh and yeah I mean he well you've seen it so I don't feel bad about spoiling it <laughs> <laughs> I mean like Mothra like Mothra's in it more than than Godzilla like mm. Mothra is like the first creature you see and it's like there for a while and wreaking havoc and trying to find a mate and then Godzilla comes out to hunt it 
And then, yeah, it just like comes to hunt it and helps destroy the city. And then after it kills it, it's like, all right, back to the ocean for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let y'all clean up this mess. Yeah. Where is it set? Is it is it in America? Is it New York, San Francisco? It's, uh, I think it was in Vegas part of the time. Okay. It was hard to keep track. Oh, it was in Honolulu. Like one of the first okay. battles was Honolulu and then it goes to Vegas. I don't know why. Yeah, because I was I was trying to when I was writing like the introduction and stuff, I was thinking that the nine is it ninety eight, the Broderick one maybe that was New York. Yeah, ninety eight so. or two two thousand maybe. Mm. But yeah, that was definitely New York. Yeah, um, I had a Godzilla birthday cake the year that it was out. Oh, I nice. That. Yeah, and weirdly enough, we went to the cinema to go and see Lost in Space. I don't know why I remember that. Um, <laughs> so you had a Godzilla birthday cake on your birthday, and then you went, went to see Lost, Lost in Space. Space. That's nice. right, because um, that you know, as a um, as a lover of film, you just want it all. You can't just go. Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, you you're right. It's ninety ninety eight. I just know my ninety eight Godzilla so well. Yes. <laughs> it it did. I did want to go and watch it, but I'm not. I don't know when I'll do it. <laughs> Go and watch the ninety eight version one again. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. Sorry, folks, if you're you know a classic Fine. cinema person and you hate <laughs> all the new editions of Godzilla, we're going to talk about the ninety eight version for a second here. But <laughs> I mean, to me, like in my mind, I haven't rewatched it in a while. But yeah, to me, that film is is great in my head. Like it's got Jean Reno in it. It does. Um. Hank Azaria, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Like the nineties. He, yeah, he's he's a great actor. Um yeah. if you've ever seen oh, I'm trying to find it. He did a film with uh Robin Williams, uh Birdcage, mm-hmm. directed by Mike Nichols. Amazing film. Yeah. Um Man, Kevin Dunn. Like, a lot of great people in this movie. But, yeah, I mean, we were eight when that film came out, so it's like... Yeah. It's we're going to have a nostalgia for it. Yeah. I I mean, I had all the toys and stuff. I mean, yeah, I did. I did love that film. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we've talked about this. This is probably why I don't go back and watch these films, because I just want to remember being eight... And just yeah, you like, want to remember it yeah. the way that you remember it. Yeah, I had a Godzilla cake and it was great, and I, I loved it. You know, <laughs> yeah. instead of going and watching it now and being like, "This is terrible." This is awful. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe you can always hope, but I'd rather <laughs> that be unknown. I'd rather keep that yeah. as like I remember my childhood memories. <laughs> yeah. Um, I doubt there'll be as much. I don't know courtroom scenes in that as there is in this one there mm-hmm. seems to be a lot of the you know democrats kind of talking about how to handle it yeah and what exactly it is um, yeah which again i think it it struggled for me at these points just because we are so familiar with the the law of godzilla and like yeah. just even 
the slightest bits of it. You know, it's like, okay, as soon as you see him over the hill, you're like, oh, that's Godzilla. He lives in the ocean. He was awoken by a bomb. And then we get like mm-hmm. a 10 minute explanation of he's been asleep for, they say, two, two million years and he's been awoken and now he's angry. And we're like, yeah, we yeah. Are. you know. Um, yeah, think- which is why I feel like watching this in a theater would be yeah, a great experience. Yeah. You know, because all of those scenes, watching it at home, all of those scenes, you just have a chance to be like, come on, hurry up. Whereas, like, if you're sitting in a theater, I feel like it's easier to be just engrossed in it. Yeah. Agreed. Um, And this is a film that would work really well Mm -hmm. in a cinema. Um, Definitely. I just, there's, yeah, there's so much to, I mean, it feels like we're ragging on it a little bit. Um, And I, I love it. I think it's, I thought it was great, you know, all the way through. I really, it just, you know, kept my attention. And um, there's a lot of stuff in this that on paper shouldn't work. You know, like there's an eye-patched scientist who has developed this crazy bomb that is like a recluse, lives in like a castle kind of thing. Yeah, And you're like, this just doesn't, it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's part of his character. Whereas I feel like in a Hollywood film, that would be like really gothic and over the top. And, you know, he's just, and he's really struggling with creating another mass, another weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. um, Which is super interesting. Um, And something else I found out was that his lines were actually dubbed in America. I mean, the dubbed American version changed a lot of the lines. But when he actually says something along the lines of, um, this can never fall into anybody's hands. The American dubbed it as this cannot fall into the wrong hands. Mm. Um, basically saying like the Russians. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's just it it shows them changing the story. You know, the yeah. the Japanese are like, yeah, that was horrific, and nobody should have that kind of power over another country. And America are like, only the right people can have that power. Yeah, and we're the right people. Yeah, um, where I think the 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 mastery of this film lies is the fact that we get to see it from the. the I don't want to say victim because there's a lot of atrocities that happen in the Second World War, but we get to see it from a different point of view. Yeah, you know the the Japanese American conflict during World War Two. I've only ever really seen from the American point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this was really interesting to see. You know how it affected normal everyday people on the yeah. other side. Yeah, um, it's like it's like a piece of history. Yeah, really. Yeah, for sure. That was yeah, a lot that... to dump on you and expect and just be like, okay, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it does it does give so much more depth to the movie because because again, like rewatching it the second time, I I did I was more moved, you know, um, in the medical scenes. And the music is different. You know, a lot of them, like, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, there's there's kind of this urgency music going on. It's like, dun, 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 yeah. dun. You know, but then in the medical scene, you know, you do have like a stringed yeah. quartet playing. More delicate. And, and... Yeah, it's, exactly. And then there's, um, there's like a whole scene with like a uh, church choir yeah. singing um, that is photographed very beautifully. And 
yeah, it's like stuff that, I mean, I saw that the first time I watched it, but then watching it the second time, I was like, this scene is really interesting. Like this yeah. is, this is not, like I couldn't put this on, this scene on in front of anyone probably unless they were a huge Godzilla fan and be like, what movie is that from? Yeah. And then say that's from Godzilla. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Just black and white shots of people in a church choir singing beautifully, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of the ties in with history and stuff, give it a lot more depth and make me kind of want to go back and rewatch this immediately yeah. <laughs> and I know. just this to is, see what else is there. That's how I felt as soon as I finished watching it. I was like, I really want to go back and just kind of, like you said, pay attention to the human story of it because mm-hmm. the Godzilla is like, yeah, Godzilla, you know, this is kind yeah. of he's the titular character that's who you want to see yeah um but you know it's not and this i mean there's one scene that like that almost broke me it was the when he's destroying tokyo and there's the mother holding the children and she's like we'll be with daddy soon mm, and i was like yeah that did not like it didn't have to go that hard you know yeah it was yeah it, it could have just shown a crime but like we'll be with daddy soon it's like that yeah. scene on the Titanic where the woman's like tucking her kids into bed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like yeah. there's something about parental care of children in the eye of danger that just destroys me. Yeah. Um, and then I found out that in the American version, there was no dubbed, like there was no voice for that at all. They just, the scene yeah. was there, but they just took out the voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah americans are delicate they can't handle it yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> again i want to preface this by saying that like we know that relations were not great <laughs> yeah when this film came out so um, yeah but it's just like are like do you really think that like americans aren't mature enough to like see yeah. a scene like that like I know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, like you said, like it's a completely different time. I mean, you're talking about, you know, people who lost loved ones and, and you know, yeah. from all every country, you know, and it's and and there's prejudices there based on war. Yeah. You know, but that's, it's like but that's I the guess thing. they don't want to sympathize with the other side. Yeah. You know? I don't know if you got the same message as me, but when she said it, I was like, oh, he died in the war. Like, it wasn't even Yeah, like that a, makes sense, yeah. It wasn't even like a Like, you like had to leap. think about where is yeah. their dad, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, he died in the war, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the things that kept catching me off guard with this, was those little touches that just made it more than a monster film. Yeah. You know, I mean, King Kong is kind of the same way as well. It's it's more about like nature and like you know I don't know like going into different countries and you know all that kind of stuff. You, you, yeah, uh, I can't really disturbing the disturbing a natural yeah. habitat. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And trying for your own gain and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And this is and this is kind of the same. It's more about the people that were affected by war and like the fallout of it. Um, yeah, because apparently even like the design of Godzilla is supposed to represent the victims of the A bomb, 
I mean, the fact that he's so wow. like cut up and he's like rough yeah. and is just it's supposed to be scars from yeah. the blast. You know, all these little touches that they didn't um necessarily, you know, spoon feed you, but when you read about it, you're like, oh my gosh. You know, this sounds there's so many Yeah. Um nuances and Yeah, like war wounds mm-hmm. that people have like picked up on to put into this film. Yeah. Um is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. It's it's hard to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like really, yeah, you know. it's. I mean, this is why doing this podcast is so great because it's like, you know, I could have watched this movie and then once and been like, yeah. okay, I've seen it, moved on to another movie. Yeah, but like the fact that we're trying to dissect it, you know, learn a little yeah. more about it, the meaning behind it, like just give so much more depth to this film. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I can experience it in a different way. And I yeah. understand film history a little bit better. It's like, mm-hmm. no wonder this film did so well. It yeah. became so popular. I mean, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the sequels as most sequels are, yeah, it probably, are just sequels you know Mm -hmm. might not have as much depth as this film but you know it's like i mean it's the same with like like i said with any sequel it's like Mm. you you don't really need a jurassic park 2 no yeah you know they they said everything they needed to in the first one (laughs) (laughs) after that it's just more you know you want to see more dinosaurs yeah, exactly. And I, I've got a feeling that's probably what the the next ones are, just him on screen longer doing yeah. more things. The mm-hmm. the Boba Fett of, um, of <laughs> <laughs> franchises. Yeah. Um, yeah. We know you want to see this, so here it is. Uh, but um, Honda, the director, did a lot of the sequels. Really? Yeah, he kind of... I mean, I'm, I, I want to watch them now. Yeah, I mean, Criterion have got the set, dude. So... I have to get it. Yeah. I, I, again, this is I, this is why film is so brilliant because I had no desire to watch this film a yeah. year ago. Like even when Criterion announced it, I was like, mm, "I'm good. I'm not going to get that." And then I read like a really like thin book on the history of like Japanese cinema, and it mentioned about like Godzilla being a reaction to the H and A bomb, and I was like. God, I want to see it now. You know, yeah. <laughs> I really want to see. Like, <laughs> you got how... me. Yeah, exactly. And now talking about it with you, I'm like, God, I want to go and watch it now. You know, I want to go and watch yeah. it again. So maybe that might be a purchase before the end of the sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you might know next week. <laughs> yeah. How much is that box set? Oh, it's, it's probably a couple of hundred. Let me have yeah. a look at um, it's got In the be. sale, it'll probably be like a hundred and. 75 i would expect yeah um but yeah i mean but that's the problem we'll probably buy it and then it will not be as good oh it's 112 yeah i mean most i think most of the films are on hbo max so you can at least watch like the sequel and you know whatever all Mm -hmm. like most of the sequels at least know if you want it 
That's it. Yeah. I mean again I mean, the effects were the effects were great. Like I did like the, the frosty fire breath. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> yeah, I need that, to look at the like that is a big thing that's missing from like the the ninety eight version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then which they wouldn't is, need is, a radiation specialist and not a worm specialist. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in the two thousand fourteen version he does have the the frosty fire breath. Oh yeah. And it's it's pretty epic. That's all. I'm gonna have to go and watch it. I mean yeah. again, when I saw that Gareth Edwards did it, I was like Okay, there's probably going to be something here that I'm going to like. Yeah, I just hate that they like like after n- knowing all this about this film. Yeah, I just hate that it's so Americanized. Yeah. If you hate that, then there's something else you're going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> there was a um, film called I think it's called Godzilla King of the Monsters, um, where it was like an American version i guess but they used footage from the actual film and had who i can't remember who it was but there was somebody in it um an american journalist that was in tokyo at the time that was basically describing what was happening um so it's supposed to so Um, it's like supposed to be adjacent to the movie it's like an, an yeah it's a american cut i guess but with um, yeah. Raymond Burr, who plays, um, I can't remember his name, but the killer in Rear Window. And he was Ironside. Okay, yeah. Um, as, like, his character's called Steve Mine. <laughs> um, he doesn't play a banjo. But he is, um, but yeah, he's in um, Japan when this happens. And he, apparently, from what I've read, he just explains what's happening and they kind so of it's literally it. just yeah it's literally just the same movie but there's an american there it's like yeah. a news news footage and he's like godzilla is knocking over cars and cut to godzilla knocking over cars i assume it might be just a little like he'll take the role of like the scientist i guess and he'll kind of be like you know this thing was woken from this blast and you know, uh, you know, kind of dubbing over yeah. the American even more, but um, I mean, it's the IMDb still lists um, Honda as the director and Takashi Shimura and all the other cast as like cast members. It's just added Raymond Burr. <laughs> that is so bizarre. It's yeah, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically a YouTube video. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of today's world, it's like you couldn't. You know, you couldn't do that without being sued. I mean, yeah, exactly. These are the first lines of this American version. So Steve Martin, in voiceover, played by Raymond Burr, says, This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown, an unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. 
Um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> my name is Steve Martin. I'm a foreign correspondent for United World News. I was headed for an assignment in Cairo when I stopped off in Tokyo for a social call, but it turned out to be a visit to the living hell of another world. Huh. Oh my god. <laughs> so maybe All that right. new Godzilla isn't as bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not as bad as that, but still, I mean, I would love, you know, I mean, it, like, the big budget Godzilla movie I would love to see mm. in Japan. I think, oh, um, have you heard of, is it Shin Godzilla? So that came out 2016. I'm okay. Not, I'm not is sure. Is that an actual Japanese version? It It potentially is. I think it is. Um, but yeah, I think that got pretty good reviews. Yeah, it's Japanese. So that got pretty good reviews. Maybe that's one that we should um, like look into. Yeah. But he looks very terrifying. Yeah. Classic. So, yeah. It's kind of classic. Toho scope. Toho scope. I love Toho. Yeah, um, I loved, and it was also cheesy, but I still loved it. The scene where he is like going through the water and he's being attacked by the jets. Oh and they're throwing gosh. rockets yeah. at him. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Get that rocket out of my and, face!" Yeah, I was, I was like, <laughs> "Can just one hit its target? Just one." Yeah. <laughs> Because it, it did like, go on for a long time. It kept putting yeah. back, and there was like more rockets being fired. And I was like, no, yeah. these are going to hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, and I it really just liked... reminded me of Jack Black saying, get that corn out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked the reporter that was like, yeah, he's coming for us now. We're not going to get away. So it's been a pleasure reporting. Goodbye. And basically yeah. just accepted death was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Tower destroyed. Yeah. Because of the flashing lights. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean the one of the other things that surprised me about this film was the fact that he wasn't created by the no, nuclear bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I you know, I don't remember what the canon is for the other like the Americanized mm. versions of the films, but I kind of remember them as like the radiation. Like I always imagined it as like the rea- radiation, like grew a lizard, mm. like a lizard got yeah. big. But I was also a Spider-Man fan, you know. So, so I was yeah. like, maybe that was just where my imagination went. Was like, yeah, got bit by a radioactive lizard and <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i like this ver like this is more believable where he's like just asleep and yeah you know he was he was uh disturbed yeah he was kind of in some kind of sanctuary under the ocean that got blown up and yeah now he's loose yeah just destroying people and i love mm-hmm. the the villager that was like yeah we used to send a virgin out on a boat <laughs> as a sacrifice i was like how like 
does everyone just like knew that Godzilla was out there? So they were like, okay, we're going to send a virgin out. Yeah. And they called it like an exorcism. Yeah, yeah. Which was, again, another thing that I want to go back and just be like, what? What's going on here? Yeah, what, what, what's that about? Was that not the old man from Seven Samurai that uh, is in the beginning, he's like the one who tells them that they need to go find Seven Samurai? He's like the prophet or oracle or whatever. I don't I'm know. pretty sure that's the it same could be. old man. Yeah. yeah. I don't I can't really remember the old man from Seven yeah. Samurai too well. So you could show me like that clip and then this clip and I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> well, um, you probably would recognize him if I showed you the clips back to back, but I'm pretty sure that's the same old man. Okay, cool. Which he's I mean, very good at playing that kind of character. Yeah, like a wizened old storyteller. Yeah. Um, He's I like, mean, you it's, didn't it's... follow traditions. Now we're <laughs> cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. I mean, yeah, it could happen because they were both in the same studio at the same year. Kurosawa yeah. and um, Honda were really good friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, apparently Kurosawa came across a lot to watch it being filmed. Um. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, the chances are that they, you know, probably shared a lot, including yeah. actors. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was expecting a few more people to show up that I recognize, but yeah. And Takashi Samura is so good. I feel like he's just a different person every film I see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this, he's just great. Yeah, he does a really good job. Um, everybody else does. I don't think anyone actor wise is super memorable in it, though. I mean, I remember yeah. the eye patch and the um the oxygen bomb. Um, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. say anyone's story is super compelling. Yeah, I feel like everybody did a really good job of selling it, and that's part yeah. of the reason the movie works. Is like, I forget yeah. where it is exactly, but there's like a scene after a storm, and uh, this man is like, he's just like screaming up on a hill. Yeah, in the rain in the dark, and it's just like completely believable mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah. there's no part of that performance that makes me think he's an actor yeah you know yeah um yeah i mean everybody genuinely looks terrified yeah that there's godzilla and that, yeah exactly and it works and i think when we talk about movies you know nobody sets out to make a bad movie not that yeah. this is bad, but my point is that I think everyone involved in this probably understood what they were trying to make. It's not a sequel of anything. It's not like the sixth or seventh in the Godzilla series where it's like, okay, we, you know, Godzilla. Uh, this yeah. is like this is genuinely like a story that could terrify, you know. Yeah. And everyone sells it, like you said. It's um, which again makes it work so much better because it's not just a silly dumb monster movie it's a terrifying depiction of destruction yeah so yeah i love this film yeah man as you can probably tell yeah um do you want to guess what we rated on letterboxd yes i'm gonna say you rated this film four and a half i'm gonna say that you rated this film four 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> you were right. I did four and a half. Yeah. You were right too. Oh, dang. There we go. Dang. <laughs> again, it's like it's like I said about Paris, Texas. I need to sit with it and watch it again and just Yeah. You know, my initial reaction was, whoa, that was incredible. Um, yeah. But to I I feel weird giving things five stars straight off the bat yeah you know um but i think it's it's cinema history it's you know world history it's everything that you want or i want especially from a movie so yeah i loved it yeah man it was great yeah i mean same like i feel like i need to to watch it a few more times or or share it with some people yeah before those stars might go up, but I mean, I loved it, you know. And a true, like, a genuine surprise that it was better than I anticipated. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is always really welcome, you know. I was expecting us just to kind of have a bit of a laugh about, you know, terrible CGI and, you know, buildings falling. Instead, it's something a bit more, which I love. So, yeah. Yeah. Any Sweet. final thoughts before we move on? I don't think so. I mean, other than just, I feel like every film deserves to be seen on the big screen. Hell yeah. yeah. To be experienced in the right way. And I just, I really wish that like cinemas made, you know, it's not really the cinemas necessarily because it's like, there, there's the whole thing with, I mean, like cinemas are a different entity than like the studios that own these films. But I wish it was easier and more accessible for like, I, I know theaters have been showing more old films, but like, uh, you know, just the, yeah. all of them, show all of them. Yeah. Where's that Criterion movie theater? I know. Yeah, you just a, a place to be like, oh, they're showing this classic. Like, I'm going to go yeah. see on the big screen. You know, yeah, like, can you imagine every single day there's like 10 different films you've never heard of <laughs> from different eras? Like, I think what you're describing is heaven. <laughs> that just, I mean, I would, is I would never work. Heaven? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, uh, beautiful. Well, yeah, that's it, yeah. Godzilla has retreated back to the ocean. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And that brings us towards the end of the show. So, Brandon, what are we going to watch next week, my friend? Well, I'm, I've been like hesitant to like pick this movie. Uh-oh. I've been kind of going back and forth. I've seen it like once or maybe half of once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I've actually seen this whole movie. (laughs) But we have lately, if you've been listening to the show, talking a lot about, you know, mid-2000s comedies. Yeah. Rated R comedies um, being of a unique era. And uh, I've heard a few people talking about this movie lately, wanting to revisit it. (laughs) This is very long-winded to tell you the name (laughs) of the movie. Uh, directed by Mike Judge, written and directed by Mike Judge, um, from 2006, Idiocracy. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> have you ever seen this movie? I've never seen it, no, but I know... Wasn't the post on, like, a three-eyed smile? Or am I thinking of something else? Um. Well, the poster that's on IMDb I've never seen before. It's, like, the crucifix, but with an overweight Jesus or something. <laughs> <laughs> Another poster is just Owen Wilson with his hands open, like, yes. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I mean, not Owen Wilson, I'm sorry. Luke. Luke Wilson. I feel like this was a staple of every blockbuster in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Was that poster of him looking like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like Mike Judge, I don't know that much about him other no. than I, he's like from Texas. Oh, cool. And uh, I I have started watching King of the Hill, which I've never watched before. Is it good? It is good, yeah. It holds yeah. up really well, and it's kind of, it's also kind of tragic in some ways because I feel like this version of Texas does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this version where like your good old boy, uh, father who, you know, is very set in his ways, but is still like, you know, he he has like a son who's very different quote unquote yeah you know and he's like constantly like i i don't understand that boy but you know he like loves he like clearly loves him you know yeah um and then he's got like an asian neighbor and Mm. he doesn't quite understand him but he's like tries you know he's like friends and i don't know just like i feel like I don't know. I'm going on a tangent about <laughs> King of the Hill here, but I just feel like there's, I don't know many people like that anymore that yeah. did at least try yeah, to have an experience that's different from what they grew up knowing and mm-hmm. accepting that, you know, everything's not always going to be what their childhoods was or whatever. Anyway, Idiocracy is awesome. a, a film about the future. Sweet, yeah. And I have no idea what to expect. I might hate this no. movie, but changing that's, it up might be fun. That's how I felt when I chose Election. I was like, I think yeah. it's funny. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, that's going to be next week, um, and that brings us to the end of the show. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Church Radio, and you can follow us individually on Letterbox. Brandon is at Salmon Scope, and I'm at Walker Lewis three zero zero seven. Um, keep up with what we've been watching live we also have all of our back episodes streaming on all good podcast platforms and like we said leave us a rating and review let us know what you liked give us five stars we'd love you for it thank you um but yeah i mean not much left to say brandon this is awful atomic tuna radioactive fallout and now this godzilla to top it off What if he shows up in Tokyo Bay? I mean, he'll probably go straight for you first. You're horrible! I barely escaped the atomic bomb in Nagasaki. (laughs) Now this? (laughs) Did I pronounce that horribly? (laughs) It was the pause before. (laughs) In Nagasaki. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. It was so dramatic. I hope you enjoyed that. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week. I had the joy of saying all the the names that are hard to pronounce, so I wanted to drop one in for you. I appreciate it.
Oh dear. Oh, man. Well, everybody, say your film church prayers, and we'll see you next week. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>